I don't have a business background at all. I'm a psychotherapist. And so I, I just sort of had this idea in this almost like a fantasy of like, I wanted to sort I wanted to sort my skin out and I and I wanted to share that with other people. And I was completely sort of uninhibited when it came to sort of starting a business. I wasn't, I didn't think about the finances. I didn't think about, you know, marketing. I was just like, I just want to do this thing. Welcome to our podcast series, Talk Straight, Think Smart with Howard Kennedy. I'm Lydia Christie, a legal director at the firm and your host for this series. However, this isn't a podcast about us. It's about the much more interesting people we're interviewing. My guest today is Charlotte Ferguson, the sole founder of Disciple, the skincare brand for stressed out skin. Charlotte didn't grow up around those who owned their own businesses. And she talks about being an introverted child who was often in her own head. Following her own personal experience of depression after an early career in PR, Charlotte retrained as a psychotherapist. And it was during this time and as a result of managing her own skin conditions that she learned that 75% of skin issues are caused by stress. And it then became her mission to find a solution. And Disciple was born. I hope you enjoy hearing Charlotte's story as much as I did. Hi, Charlotte. Very good to meet you. Good to meet you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming in. We're very excited to have you here with us. Um, And to kick things off, um, before we start, and for our listeners, can you give us um, a very quick introduction as to who you are? Yes, I am Charlotte. I'm a psychotherapist and the founder of Disciple. Uh, We make skincare for stressed out and anxious skin. Thank you very much. Um, and we are here today to talk about Disciple, which, as you've just mentioned, is a um, skincare and wellness brand, which I understand focuses very much on alleviating stress and improving mental well-being. Um, but before we get into it, I have a confession that I just need to get out there before we Tell start. me. <laughs> you sleep with your makeup on. Oh, no. Well, okay. I was going to mention I have very bad sleep habits, but I wanted more to mention that my entire skincare regime comprises of um, washing my face in the shower with water. And that's that's the entirety of my uh, for our listeners. I'm just letting you know that Charlotte's now got her head in her hands. (laughs) No, but (laughs) do you know what, though? Some people are so lucky because your skin is gorgeous and you look amazing and you can do that. If I did that. I would have a face full of acne. So it's, you know, you're blessed. I'm, you're lucky. Well, I'm, I, the, have, is there a filter on here? I'm not quite sure. Let's pretend, <laughs> let's pretend there isn't. But no, um, I think that this, I was been really looking forward to this because um, although that has been my skincare regime, um, I have got one of your products, uh, which is um, the Balancing Mist. Nice. Um, which is brilliant in the morning, but I'm sure we're going to come on to talking more about products and um what you offer um but before we do I wanted to go back to the beginning Mm. and to talk a little bit about you particularly you growing up and you as a child and what you were like to get a sense of um uh, Charlotte the youngster before you kind of got to where you are today yeah what Um, what were you like what were you what were you like growing up I was I was just I was thinking about this before before the podcast because I, I was actually a really introverted child and I lived in my, I was in my mind a lot of the time. Um, and I'm the oldest of two, of three, I've got 
two brothers. I'm the oldest of three and I grew up in, in West London um, on quite a big sort of estate in West London. And for the first part of my childhood, I was brought up by my mum and my nan. So I was brought up by these two incredible women, but my mum worked all the time. So um, I was kind of, yeah, I was just in my head a lot. And I, I was think I was just remembering, thinking about like when I first started work and my first job was a paper round when I was like 12. And I just remember being on this paper round and just going, delivering papers to different people's houses and just like looking through their letterboxes and like imagining what their lives were like. <laughs> and just being like, oh, I imagine like what they're having for dinner and like what they do for jobs. And I was just like in my own world a lot of the time. And the reason I'm saying that is because I think that that is really relevant to to how Disciples started and and just sort of, because I don't have a business background at all. I'm a psychotherapist. And so I, I just sort of had this idea in this, almost like a fantasy of like, I wanted to sort, I wanted to sort my skin out and I, and I wanted to share that with other people. And I was completely sort of uninhibited when it came to sort of starting a business. I wasn't, I didn't think about the finances. I didn't think about, you know, marketing. I was just like, I just want to do this thing. And and mm. because because of how I was when I was a kid, I think I was just like, just try it. Just do it. Why not? So you were brought up, as you said, by your mum and your nan. Um, but mm. were you around, you said you don't have a business background. So were you around any people who had set up their own businesses? Or? No. Well, my, dad is, my dad's self-employed. So he was always sort of like... Yeah, you know, when you're self-employed, it's kind of like you work now and then and um, and you're always sort of out there trying to get business. So that that was always there. Um, but my mum, we, we were sort of, I guess people would say humble beginnings because mm. we sort of grew up um, on, a, on a sort of big estate and there were loads of kids and it, you know, it was like London in the 80s was just this really interesting place and we would all like play football together and go off to like the sort of wastelands and nature reserves all day and spend the summers just like, just running around and meeting other kids from like different estates. And it was just this kind of really interesting childhood because it was, it was kind of free, but it was also in London. So mm. you, So you got this kind of, you got to see like other people's lives and what other people were doing and people commuting on the tube and and all of that kind of stuff so you're exposed to a lot and and i just sort of remember thinking when i was little that autonomy was just i didn't obviously know the, what the word mm. autonomy meant but now i understand it as like autonomy is so important to me because my parents had to work so hard and and i just remember sort of thinking it's not that I don't want to work really hard, but I just want to have like a level of freedom. Mm. And that was just something that was always really important to me. Um, so yeah, that's kind of always mm. been there really. How do we get from paper round to training as a psychotherapist, which you've mentioned? All- <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to have a meltdown first. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically I was, um, because I grew up in West London, we were really close to the BBC. And when mm. I was um when I was probably twelve or thirteen, mm. the a sort of researcher from the BBC came to our school and was like, Oh, we do this program called Saturday Disney, um, or like one of those Disney club things. Mm. We want some kids from this school to go on it. And so I got to go on the show and 
but it was literally like you're on you're sort of filming for maybe like an hour and you're hanging around for like four hours right. and then we I remember hanging around in the canteen at the BBC being like this kid um and there were like five or six of us and Chris Akabusi comes in <laughs> I know this is just like this, this is crazy. A random answer. I know it's so question. random, but it's really important to <laughs> yeah. my like career trajectory. And he comes in, and I was, and he starts chatting to like this researcher, and Chris Akebu is like, "Oh, so what do you want to do when you grow up?" And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know." And I said to the guy, "What do you do?" And he said, "Oh, I'm a researcher and a journalist." And I was like, "I want to be a journalist. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to be in this BBC building every day and come to this canteen because the canteen was amazing." <laughs> And Chris Akabuki's Price Akabusi was like, you're going to do it. You're going to smash it. Go for it. And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I didn't really know what it even meant. I was like, this is what I want to do. And so a few years later, the careers advisor was like, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I want to be a journalist. I want to work in media. <clears throat> and they had one work experience placement, which was at a PR company, a fashion right. PR company. Um in central London. And so I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And so I went off and did two weeks work experience at this fashion PR agency. And um, and that was kind of like my first experience of like getting out of the area that I lived in and working in like a proper company and and all of that stuff. And so I did media studies at, at, at college, at Richmond mm. College. And then I did, um, I went to university. I was the first person in, in my family mm. to go to university. And um, I did an art degree. And I I started an art degree and then I did two years and I, I was just like, I don't really want to do this. So I wrote to the PR agency that I'd, that I'd done my work experience at sort of seven years before. Right. And they were like, yeah, we've got a job. Come, come, and, come and work for us. So I started working there and I was on like 12 grand a year working as a PR assistant. Um, and that was, okay. so that was like my first job. And so I sort of just fell in, fell into it really because of Chris mm. Akabusi, and <laughs> and um, and so that was kind of that. And I did I worked in that in in PR and it was fashion PR for about three years. And um, and in the end, I, it was I hated it. I was not I wasn't the right person for it at all. Mm. It was I found it really really hard in the end, mm. and um, and it really affected my mental health. And I ended up having quite bad depression and anxiety. Um, Right. Okay. It was. It was. It was a really hard time, and I. I was. Remember, I was living with my my friend at the time, and she was like, "Charlotte, I think you. I think you've got depression, and you need to go and talk to someone because I couldn't even really get out of bed. Like I'd left my job, and I was just. I was. I was so mm. low. Um. And at this point, I was about twenty five. Um. And so I went to counselling, and then I was like, "This is amazing. This is what I was in counselling for about three years at that point. After that, mm. and then I was like." this is amazing. This is what I want to do. And so I trained as a therapist and it's sort of four years training. And in the interim, I just, I, I did sort of a bit of freelance PR stuff. And mm. then I worked in a record shop and all, and then I volunteered as a counselor and did like sort of volunteer work. And, and then I retrained as a therapist and I qualified when I was like 28. So mm. that's, uh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing to hear how kind of the the path that then led you to and from your own personal experience um in particular what you just mentioned in terms of your own personal experience with depression and how that led you to retraining yeah um that does bring us on to now how you then um moved from psychotherapy into creating your own business <laughs> Thank you.
So other than me wanting to know whether Chris Akabusi is a, 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 a client and customer of yours, which he should be after that intro. <laughs> um, I'm interested to know how, so you've explained obviously how you got into retraining as a psychotherapist um, and how that then uh, translates into the idea for a skincare brand. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I... I've always loved, I mean, it's hard to not love beauty, right? To love skincare. Well, maybe not for you because if you, your body wash, all oh, seven in one body wash or whatever it is, but it's, I've always loved it. And, my, and, you know, after the paper round, my second job was working in a hairdresser's, which was like the classic job that you could do when you're 15 and yeah. you're a girl, right? Um, so it's like working in that. And then I went to work at, on the counter at like Bobby Brown when I was 17. So it's like, I've always been really, I've always loved it, but never sort mm. of thought about working in it. Um, and then, so I, I qualified as a psychotherapist and I was seeing clients in my private practice at home mm. in Shepherd's Bush mm. and, and also working in the NHS. And I was, I did that for a few years. And actually I was just thinking before the podcast, it's like, I've had, f I've had three careers and I'm 40 next year. And it's like, I think that's really interesting because a lot of people sort of like, well, you choose your job when you're like 18 and then you do that for the rest of your life. And it's like. I'm also a Gemini, so I'm just get a bit restless and need to like do different <laughs> things all the time. So yeah, so I've had sort of three three careers really, um, but I, I was working in the NHS and, and private practice, and um, I was working like a lot, a lot, a lot of hours, really long hours. And in my private practice, I was working mainly with women who were experiencing sort of stress, anxiety, um, trauma. And what we really noticed, what they began to notice was that when they were in a particularly bad place, it really affected their skin mm. and that they might sort of, or, or, or eczema or hair loss, um, alopecia, um, acne, things like that. It would all like kick off mm. and... And it would, that would affect yourself as that then affects your self-esteem. Mm. And it's this kind of cycle. And because I was so overworked and I wasn't really looking after myself properly. A lot of psychotherapists don't look after themselves properly. Mm. The irony <laughs> is just ridiculous. Um, and so I was just sort of, you know, not eating properly, you know, having like three glasses of wine when I finished work and like just to try and decompress and all of this kind of stuff. And, my skin was really, I'm going to say really bad, but it was, I had chronic acne, mm. um, adult acne. And I tried everything really sort of, I took Roaccutane, I tried the pill, antibiotics, all of that stuff. And some of it worked, but of course, when I stopped taking it or using it, it came back because I wasn't really making the lifestyle changes. Um, and so it got me thinking like what, what is actually really causing this acne and and why can't I just take a pill and, and it will be gone, you know, forever? And I threw a lot of money at the problem and, and tried so many things without actually really addressing the fundamental thing of like what is going on inside, which is how psychotherapists think, right? It's like, what's the root cause of this? And so that's how it sort of started really. And that was about six or seven years ago. Um, and I, I really just wanted to cure my own skin, but then my therapy, my, my clients started talking about 
how their skin was being affected by how they felt or their hair or whatever. And so I just went on this sort of mission to figure it out. And I, I did a load of research into um, stress and cortisol and how that affects the body. Um, and, you know, bacteria and the skin, microbiome, all of that stuff. And so I did a bit of research over about a year. And, and then I just started to blend things in my kitchen. And I, I would buy things off of from, you know, different labs and eBay and hmm. try all these different things. And some of it worked and some of it didn't. And my husband would get home from work and he'd be like, what is it now? What are you doing now? You know, all these sort of bottles everywhere po and potions, potions. <laughs> lotions and potions. And this smells amazing. That smells awful. And yeah. oh my God, why is your face bright red? And you know, all this kind of stuff. It was just like, I would try anything. And I actually really enjoyed like the alchemy of blending these things together and trying them. So you, so you were, you were, cause that was going to be one of my questions looking at, cause I, you know, looking at the website and talking about all the the kind of, as I say, the ingredients of the of the products. You were blending and creating these yeah. yourselves at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because what I discovered was that the the thing that causes like seventy five percent percent of skin issues are caused by stress and inflammation, and skincare doesn't really treat stress and inflammation. You know that there are other things that you can use to treat stress, but the manifestation of stress in the body is cortisol. And so I discovered these um, these natural plant compounds called adaptogens. They help the body deal with stress naturally. And so I was like, well, people have been taking adaptogens for centuries mm. in Ayurveda, in South America. You know, it's what cam chamomiles are an adaptogen, lavender is. People have been using them for years to to treat things that are a kind of mind and body. Mm. Um, and so I was thinking, I sort of started thinking, well, maybe you can put them on the skin and maybe that will help to help to lower cortisol in the skin. And that will be a long-term, that will have a long-term effect. Right. And so I just, start, I started blending these things and doing some research and, and then I, and then I was got really into like the skin microbiome and bacteria on the skin. And when you're, when you're stressed or when you're anxious or when you're depressed, your microbiome is impaired. And so bacteria can grow on this, bad bacteria can grow on the skin and and what can we do to rebalance it? And and so I, I started sort of blending things and- Were you doing I, this all on your own or at this yeah. point? I mean, where does kind of like funding and support, how do you go yeah, from well, kind this of is mixing the lotions and potions at home- To, to having a business. To, to, to then going, you know, and- yeah, to, to, yeah. To like, well, I say funding. Like, did you have, do you have you know investors and no? Well, this was the thing. So it was like I was still working in my private practice. So I would literally see a client out the door, go into the kitchen and start tinkering with stuff, and then I I, I sort of settled on a couple of things that seemed to really work. Mm. So that was actually our our like two bestsellers, which is Dreamy Skin and, and Good Skin, two face oils that are two, still two of our best sellers now. So I, I blended those and, and and then I sort of thought, I better send these off to a lab or, or some professional <laughs> to find out <laughs> if it's okay. You know, I need to do something, I need to find out if they're okay to use. So, and then I sort of contacted this lab and said, oh, you know, I, I think I want to, to sort of make a skincare, make some skincare. How, what do I need to do? And they were like, well, send it to us and we'll help you. 
Um, and they charged me like 250 quid and then they did all the labs and they sent and they sent it back and they were like, these are all good to go. You need to tweak this, lower this. And I was like, wow, this is great. And so that must have felt quite exciting. It was it? really yeah. exciting because it yeah. was like, okay, so this is like a product and it, yeah. it was, you know. You've gone from had, just the mixing to now having yeah, like to having like bona fide products. Yeah. yeah. And there are a few more things you have to do to be able to sell them on the market, but they're pretty easy. I'm once sure there's you a lot of regulation. Is that like there's the regulation? all the regulation and all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so my skin cleared up within about six weeks and it had never been that clear before. Mm. And I, I just thought, I just want to tell people about this. I just want to, I know so many people who would love this. And I gave it to friends and I gave it to family and they were just like, this is really nice. Um, and I also wanted some, to create something that was accessible and not super expensive and natural um, and that sort of spoke to people and that had a long-term benefit. It wasn't just something that you're gonna use because it smells nice or just because it's natural or whatever. Um, and at this point I was just, you know, at this point, I'd probably spent 500, maybe a thousand pounds of my own sort of savings. Right, okay. yeah. So no, nothing, nothing really, no money at all. Um, and then I thought, I'm going to start a website. I'm just going to build a website. So I built a little website, which cost nothing. Bought mm. a domain name, cost nothing. Um, I didn't trademark it. Didn't trademark the name Disciple, which is a different, another whole other story. But um, I'm sure that our, as as a lawyer, I'm I sure was, you'll. Know. Well, I was going to say, I'm sure our intellectual property lawyer would have something to say about that. But hopefully, you have now. Yeah, yeah. Too too late. But um, <laughs> okay. that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, before you go, before you go on, how did you get to the name then? Actually, Disciple. Yeah. So as, that's as we're talking about the name and kind of the website and brand. Yeah. And name. Disciple was, when my skin was was at its worst, I was desperate to find something that worked. I, and, and I was kind of, you know, I don't know if you've ever had any skin issues or, you know, if you've got, you just, because it affects your self-esteem so much, you just put so much hope in it. And you're like, I just thought to myself, if I could find something that works, I will use it forever. I will be a cust I'll be a disciple of that brand. I'll use it forever. And that's where the name disciple came from right, because okay. I, I I just sort of thought this works and people are gonna love it and they're gonna be disciples because it's so good. And that's where the name disciple came from. Because right, I okay. was the original disciple. So yeah, that was it. And the, and I built this little website and I built an Instagram and um and that was that was kind of how it started, and that went on for a. Go on, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to ask then. Is that so? You launched in around 2018, if I understand. Is this is this yeah. the time that you're describing? And then yeah. So this was and, at the beginning yeah. of 2018, and I I literally was still making it in the kitchen, yeah. and I had this little website and um, an Instagram, and then someone got in touch on Instagram, and they were like, "We're doing this event. It's a female." entrepreneur event would you give some product for the goodie bags and I just said yeah of course of course absolutely so I gave them some product and then people just started like reposting it and then a few people bought it and um 
and it was great. And but we were making no money because mm. for every bottle that was sold, I was just making another few bottles, and it was just this kind of like side thing. And I didn't really have any idea of what I was doing, and I was just really enjoying sort of interacting with customers and interacting with people on Instagram and seeing what was going on, and I, I was just enjoying make physically making mm. it. Um, and then, and then, John, my husband, mm. he said he one one night he was like Charlotte what are you actually doing like is this a thing is this actually a thing or is this like is this a hobby or is this a is this like gonna be a thing and and he said because I think you need to decide because it's kind of taking up quite a lot of time but it's not really getting the returns and if you're gonna make it something then do it go for it but if not then just have it as a hobby and so I was like no this is gonna be a thing this is this is I'm, a thing yeah don't take it away from me. I was like, this is a thing. I'm going to make it into a thing. And so I went onto LinkedIn and I found the name of the buyer for cult, this website called Cult Beauty. Oh, right, okay. And I just sent her an email and I said, I'm a psychotherapist. I make the skincare. It's got adaptogens. It's got prebiotics. It's natural. Would you be interested in stocking? Total punt. And she emailed me straight back and said, Amazing. Yes. Adaptogens and prebiotics are going to be really big for us in this year. We'd love to have a meeting. And it was just a complete game changer. I've, I've got, I've got like my, like hair standing up because I, I my, my arms, my neck, because I'm feeling how exciting that must be when you've just, like, and now that I know that I was, one of my questions was going to be about, you know, key influences um you know along your path Chris Akabusi now we know yeah, John, John your husband had, yeah. a, had a role if only it was to spur you on to make yeah. it a thing yeah um but no that's that is um amazing I imagine to get that kind of feedback and and for, for our listeners as at today where can you buy your products so you've mentioned your own website and now you yeah. mentioned Cult Beauty um yeah. you you have other partnerships don't yeah. you yeah so we're we're in John Lewis um planet organic we're on the boots website we're in some um some holland barrett did i say that already um, no you didn't holland but this is it's amazing this i know it's crazy absolutely amazing i know but it's we're we're incredibly lucky we've had the wind behind ourselves and i think you know the the correlation between stress and skin is just people might not necessarily think about it but when you when you hear about it you're like yeah get it that yeah. Like, it totally makes sense well Speaking of stress again, and now kind of moving forward, I mean, the thing that caused a huge amount of stress and affected the whole nation's well-being it was 2020, which I yeah. want to kind of come on to as well now. So we were coming on now to 2020 um, and um, the last few years have obviously been incredibly uh, difficult um, and now we're in another stage of anxiety for, for other reasons as well. Um, but mm -hmm. going back to 2020 for now, um, at what point, so you'd launched in 2018 and then at what point as it was coming up to March 2020, did it hit you that, that COVID was going to be something that was going to impact, um, well, everybody here everything but, and, yeah. and then and then and then your business mm, it was it was um it was a shock wasn't it I, I mean I just remember seeing the news and it and thinking naively and ignorantly that's a that's in a different country you know that's so far away it's not going to affect us um but it got real very quickly and we sort of I had um three members of staff 
and at the beginning of the pandemic and they all just basically decided that they were going to go none of them from London so they they all decided that they wanted to go home for mm. to isolate basically mm. so it was just me and John um <laughs> and so at that point we were still making we had a vertically integrated production so we were still making about 60 or 70 percent of products in our we had a, a lab and a warehouse right um in west london and so we were still making the product and so i we basically got a van drove into london got all of the production moved it into the garage took all of the products moved them into the garage we're lucky that we had the space to be honest mm. moved them into our garage and started running the business from there. And the, the two of you at this point. Yeah, the two of us. So I'm, I managed to find a manufacturer really quickly who was able to just like take all of the, take all of the formulations and start making them. Right. Um, start making the products. And of course, because everyone was at home, everyone was, a lot of people were furloughed. People weren't going out for facials. They obviously weren't going out for dinners. And there was a lot of money to spend on on, on self-care. Um, and so it just went crazy. It, went, it got so busy really, really quickly, um, which was incredible. But it was... It was just the two of us doing it. And um, would, you have, would you have anticipated that to have been the reaction to... to, to no. Your... No, not in any way. And actually, one... One of the products that we sell is CBD because it's a multi-use CBD product. So you can use it um, as a supplement and you can use it on your skin. Um, it's essentially just CBD and hemp oil. And this obviously because of the anxiety and the stress that was going on at that time, the sales of that just went completely through the roof. Um, so yeah, we, we, we just, the one of the things about creating something small in your kitchen from the ground up means that you're able to contract quite quickly and I think that was a real blessing for us I mean there are so many things that are not good about that but that was a real blessing mm. for us in that situation mm. yeah I was going to ask you because it sounds like for you to it sounds like you were able to react quickly and um to, to the situation like you said you know literally by going in your van and collecting things and being able to then immediately continue the production almost seamlessly um, but then you experience then a spike, it seems, in terms of the demand. So how did you, how were you fulfilling that with just the two of you having lost three members of staff as well? Yeah. Well, we, we, there was a point did you where. Call, did you call Chris Akabusi and say, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> you created this mess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, we, we basically, we just worked nonstop, um, on the weekends and in the evenings. And we had a situation where the manufacturer would make bulk product. They would send it to us. And then we had filling machines in our garage. And um, I was able to actually employ someone um, who who lived down the road. She's Shannon, she's you know, a single mom. She just wanted to earn a bit of extra money, which was, worked perfectly for us. She's an absolute legend. She'd just drive up in the morning at 7.30 and just put her headphones on and just start filling, using the filling machines, boxing up products. And and then John and I would drive to, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, it sounds hilarious now, but we would literally load up our car and drive to the 
the John Lewis warehouse in in Milton Keynes or to the Colt Beauty warehouse in Halston and just like dro- you know dropping things off. Because... I have to say I wasn't imagining that that when I was going to be. I mean, this is amazing that you were going to be the one kind of like you've got so many hats on. I mean, at all stages of the yeah. <laughs> um, of the process. Yeah, I, I think it's um. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, like I said, about being a bit naive. Like, I think I'm sure if I'd have gone to business school or something, I would not maybe have sort of been as, you know, as sort of like spread myself as thin. I probably would have been a bit more organized and had, you know, people and systems in place. But I had no systems in place, really. But because I'd sort of created it from such a little small sapling, mm. it was like, okay, I know I know what the ingredients are for that. I know how to do that. I know how to do that. So let's just do it on a bigger scale and like roll up our sleeves and just do it for this period of time. You know, we all just thought we were going to be in lockdown for a, a month or something. Yeah. And it was, you know, and then it just kept going on and on. And yeah. so, yeah, it was it was a stressful time. But actually, I think there's something really nice about doing that. There's, at the end of the day, when you sit down and have a glass of wine and think, wow, I've actually like made a thousand products today. And that's going to customers. And, you know, there's something really special about being able to physically make something that someone can enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I like, I know it sounds really weird, but I think you really sense the energy of, of how it was made or do you know what I mean? When you have something like that. And uh, yeah. I always think whenever I, you know, like if someone makes you a meal, if you go to a restaurant and you can see it's like a really angry chef and they make you a meal, it's just like you, it does not taste good sometimes, you know? And I think it's the same and with- you're not, you're not thinking of John at this point, are you? <laughs> no, of course, he's completely zen. <laughs> um, we should say that John is a chef just for our John listeners. John is a chef. Yes. Um, how many, how many do you, people do you have now- you know, employed or in your team? I'm assuming yeah. it's not just you and John anymore. No, it's not just me and John. We There are four of us now, um, which is really nice. So yeah, we've four four girls. Um, we all work together. We are, we're only in the office one day a week on a Tuesday together and everyone else, you know, we all just sort of spread it out. But yeah, we all work really well together. It's nice yeah. to have other people, have other people to well, just, yeah. yeah, chat to and what's what's what so i, I it's, a, it's an amazing story what's what's the future looking like then for disciple where where are you what you know what's your ideas of um where disciples going to go kind of in the next six months 12 months well um we're actually doing a fundraise at the moment which is quite stressful involved i did actually i didn't i didn't mention but when after the first sort of um after we got the court beauty deal um we needed some investment and so i i got um 150 grand um seed investment from a vc which was a whole new experience i've never never done that before never been in that world so um that was a really interesting experience and so now we're doing that again and we're going to go out and raise some money for the next next sort of you know growth spurt that we're doing so um yeah, we're going to launch into, I mean, Brexit's caused quite a few problems, but we won't go there. Um, And in terms of being able to like ship to Europe and stuff like that. So all of our European sort of um, sales have pretty much dropped off just because of all of the customs and everything you have to pay and the VAT and all that stuff. So we're going to try and find another way of doing it, maybe have a warehouse in Europe somewhere. 
Um, and so we're raising to to work on that growth and um, we're doing some really cool things around sustainability because obviously all of our bottles mm. are, are glass, um, but we're going to be doing super cool uh, refills that are biodegradable. So you literally just buy a refill and fill up the, your existing bottle. Um, so that's really exciting. So yeah, we've got a few different things incoming. It is a, re- it is a very, like, I mean, it's not, I'm going to say beautiful, but very lovely looking like like the bottles that they come in are very you know aesthetically they look very lo- very simple and very yeah um, I think classic they 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 look great yeah it's um the green is just sort of very um you know it's that sort of natural glass thing but also um honestly one of the reasons they're green I mean because I was making this stuff at home I I needed to buy packaging. And I just had to get it off of Amazon because there was nowhere else to get it from. And so I was thinking, oh, well, Aesop is brown bottles and clear bottles are a bit boring, but green's really nice. So I'll go with those. And that, <laughs> that was kind of, and, and, you know, all of the, the boxes and the labels and the packaging, I designed all of that myself. Um, and so I didn't like pay a graphic designer or anything. I literally drew the logo on a bit of paper and then paid a paid a graphic designer to to make it into a proper PDF for me. Um and just sort of bootstrapped it all and you know it's um it's been really it's been really exciting. I actually really miss not physically making the products anymore. I miss that sort of making okay. making yeah. things. But it sounds like there's exciting times ahead. It's really I could I said I could talk for another half an hour on this but we are gonna wrap Wrap up in a minute and I'm going to move on in a moment to um a quick fire round which is how we like to end our podcast so Charlotte I said we would end with a quick fire round and um it is quick and don't overthink it. <laughs> I, I, I realise as I say, don't overthink it to a psychotherapist that that yeah, yeah. might not be possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> just say whatever comes to mind. Uh, there's only five questions. I'll so try. First, first question. What's your favourite Disciple product? Oh, Dreamy Skin. Um, yeah, it's our, it's still our bestseller. I love it. It's a night oil with retinol in. It's a, really nice. Is that one of the ones you mentioned that was the one of the first? Yes, yeah, it was the first yeah. product. It was yeah. the first product. Yes, yeah, and it's still our bestseller. And yeah, it's um, it's a re- I'll send you some. You'll love it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so we're obviously recording this um on Zoom. So next question is about virtual meetings. Do you think mm. they're here to stay or distant memory? I I hope they're here to stay because I actually really like them. I think I'm probably the only person that really likes them because I'm introverted. So I get to sort of like have a bit of a boundary between me and sort of being fully exposed so but um here to stay yeah um would you rather I think I know the answer from the last bit of conversation we had would you rather grow your business sell your business or start again oh that's so hard well we're growing it aren't we (laughs) well I I was thinking I thought that would be the answer but then I'm wondering you paused so maybe you were rethinking yeah I would actually if I, I would probably start it again do it differently do things differently a bit differently get I would get I would definitely get a finance person earlier on (laughs) (laughs) and trademark the name disciple the learning point the learning yeah that's gonna be another conversation (laughs) um what would you invest more in right now people or tech people definitely people yeah 100 percent um and my last question um when it comes to decision making are you perfection every time or launch and learn 
launch and learn clearly it, it sounded <laughs> just get like it out yeah. i know that's the thing just get it out and get some feedback and change it like it's not the end of the world is it yeah that's my oh, ethos brilliant charlotte thank you so much thank i you. really really enjoyed hearing it it's such an amazing story um i'm so excited also for you about you know hearing the story of how this all began and thank you ever so much for joining us thank today. you thank you for having me So there you have it, three careers before 40, a somewhat naive approach to business, but a clear mission to be the disciple of a skincare brand that works. This podcast was recorded in April 2022. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening from to find out who our next guest will be. Mm-hmm.